Hi everyone and welcome to season three of Making Me Good Moves. As most of you know, I am your host, Giovanna Rosales, here at Making Me Good Moves. And also, as most of you know, season three is one of my pre- favorite season thus far because of the fact that it is very personal to me. We are focusing on women's chronic conditions and how they are thriving within their businesses, within their personal life, within their business life, still having these chronic conditions and or medical illnesses. Just a disclaimer before we get any further, neither myself nor my guest Felicita are medical professionals. Um, We are just having a conversation on how we personally manage our chronic conditions and or disabilities. So please seek medical and professional help if you do not feel well or if you yourself believe that you might have a medical condition. On today's show, I am so excited to have Felicita Sandoval with us. She is my new friend. We just connected, I believe, about a month ago, and we have been chatting nonstop. And so right when you're learning to meet someone or getting to know someone, it just la charla happens. And so that's when you open up and you're able to be yourself. And so come to find out, we both suffer from chronic illnesses. So I figured let's not only have you on here talking about your professional life, but let's also go ahead and have you speaking on your journey and your experiences living with your chronic condition. Um, Before we get started, just want to let you know who Felicita is. She is a highly accomplished professional driven by a deep passion for technology. With an innate curiosity for cybersecurity, she embarked in a remarkable academic and professional growth journey. As a security GRC, which also stands for Governance, Risk, and Compliance Analyst, she diligently ensures adherence to industry regulations and best practices employing her broad knowledge of security risk assessment and compliance frameworks to fortify cybersecurity infrastructures. So not one for the faint at heart people, Felicita has it going on. She is also a doctoral student who is deeply engaged in researching global ethical considerations in artificial intelligence for her thesis. Her ultimate goal is to attain expertise in AI global accountability equipping her to assist organizations in establishing comprehensive global AI frameworks for the responsible management of consumer data, thereby fostering client trust. And that's actually how me and Felicita ended up connecting was through AI as well as cybersecurity. So our fascination and interest as well as curiosity within tech in general. And last but not least, she is passionate about diversity and inclusivity within the cybersecurity field. Felicita co-founded Latinas in Cyber, an organization committed to empowering women and supporting individuals seeking careers in cybersecurity. Through this groundbreaking initiative, she was provided aspiring professionals with invaluable resources, mentorship, and guidance contributing to developing a more diverse and representative workforce. And I will say I am part of the Latinas in Cybersecurity community, and I myself am getting my course certification. So Thank you so much for being able to offer that to us, Felicita. I'm so excited for you to have it for us in the future. And again, we'll talk more all about that later on. But again, without further ado, you are here. Welcome, bienvenida I'm Making Me That Moves. I know I talked a lot about you professionally, but we're here to get your story on your journey with being diagnosed with Sidron syndrome. 
And I just wanted to know, how did you become aware of having this type of medical condition? Um, and as a matter of fact, what is it specifically? I've never heard of it until you told me about it. And I'm pretty sure most of our listeners probably don't know. So if you could just run us through our journey and what that looks like and what that entails. Yes. Thank you, Giovanna. First of all, thank you for having me here. Estoy muy contenta. Yay. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited to be here with you. And yes, um, there are many chronic, uh, chronic illnesses out there, um, too many to count. And that's why um, a lot of people, when you mention one, they have never heard of it before because mm -hmm. a lot of them have similar symptoms, but they attack differently. Uh, Sjogren's syndrome is an autoimmune disorder and it attacks your eye dots. So it makes your eyes uh, very, very dry, your saliva, and it gives you a lot of, I mean, a lot of the effects are um, brain fog, mm -hmm. chronic, Ill, uh, chronic fatigue, a lot of dizziness, um, uh, lack of concentration, as well as lack of balance. So there is a lot of um, difficult uh, effects that can really um, put a, uh, it, it can make our lives difficult, especially in our careers and in our personal lives. So it's a very uh, tough, um, chronic illness. I, you wanted to know how I got this, how I, I actually, how I uh, found out. Yeah. Like how was your diagnosis? Like for me, right. I've shared with my experience. It, it took me 20 years to finally be diagnosed by a PCP. Um, but even before that, I always knew that there was something different about me. And so I just wanted to hear your journey. Cause some of our listeners or some of the people who have been here in the past have also like 18 years, 15 years. And I feel like the range is always 10 plus years before you even get one, a diagnosis, and then two, the correct diagnosis. You are absolutely right. That is uh, a common theme around people that suffer from autoimmune disorders. Mine, I didn't find out until seven years later. And before those, before I found out, I remember being very sick. Mm -hmm. um, I, I could barely do things in my home or things in my uh, at my job when I was at that time it was a very difficult to handle and every single doctor that I will go specialist that I will go it was so tough because either they didn't know really what was going on with me they'll do so many blood tests they'll run so many blood tests they right. will tell me you know oh maybe it's your weight you have to lose weight or you know uh, maybe is uh, you have a virus and they will give me antibiotics and that was like the whole thing for like seven years Oh it would goodness. have been longer. Yes. Like it would have been longer. However, it, I took it upon myself. Uh, the last, from the seven years, I think year five, mm -hmm. I remember that I started kind of taking um, like steps forward for myself to actually find out what I had by uh, picking out specialists, by changing my food. I, was, I have to do something. So I started mm -hmm. researching a lot and I changed the way I ate. I remember that I changed the way I ate. I um, I started exercising a little bit more, even though this illness had already attacked like my muscles. So I get so much chronic fatigue just by doing a workout that I will have to be bedridden for like a week or two. So oh yes, yeah, so it's very hard to like do a hard workout. So I started learning how to implement walking, walking in the morning, walking in the evening, um, doing light exercises because at the end there is 
I feel for myself, there's no excuse to not exercise. I just cannot overdo it. So I started learning mm -hmm. those little things by researching mm -hmm. uh, and it helped me a lot. However, I still didn't know what I had. And on year seven, I was feeling a little bit better, but I was still very sick. And I already had all of this, you know, I had my career in mind because I was about to graduate from my master's at that time. Mm -hmm. I was so worried about my future. So I finally found a rheumatologist that when he saw all my blood tests, I remember I sat down, I was very nervous and he read all of the blood tests and all of the notes that the previous doctors have left there. And he told me, I think I already know what you have. That was a shock. Cause I never expected for someone to be like reading my, uh, you know, my blood tests and say, Hey, you know what? I think I know what you have. So that was, I was excited. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I was excited, because nobody's excited about having an autoimmune disorder, but <laughs> in the sense of knowing what you have, that is exciting because you spend so many years lost thinking, you know, well, maybe it's me, maybe it's true, maybe I'm yeah. crazy. So that's what you start thinking, maybe I'm crazy, I'm imagining all of this. But he told me, I'm going to do a few blood tests and we'll see. And I remember it was like 15 vials of blood and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to, this is the end of me, I'm never going to survive past it. But um, no. <laughs> Uh, thank God it wasn't that way. He came back with the results and he's like, okay, yes, it is indeed Sjogren's syndrome. Mm -hmm. He explained it to me. And then um, we went forward to how to like continue my life with that, with the disorder without feeling like, you know, I wasn't going to live long or anything like yeah. that, you know? And I think, I, I think I want to just reiterate how, how, it, it's such a complex type of emotion because I, I know exactly what you mean by when you finally got the diagnosis. When I got the diagnosis, it was it was literally the same thought. I'm not crazy. I don't belong. Like, I do belong here, right? Because there's points in your life where you're like, is it just me? And is it really me being mental? Is it me being exagerada? Is it me really not having pain tolerance. I mean, the, the gaslighting that happens when you do go to PCPs that, that don't really show interest or care, um, OBGYN, same thing. You're almost like, it's me. This is on me, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then when you finally get the, that diagnosis, it's almost the validation that you didn't know you needed. And you don't need a validation. I just want to make that clear. But it's almost like, uh -huh. You can breathe and you feel tranquila because you aren't psychotic or you're not insane. You're not crazy. It wasn't just you. It wasn't you those five, seven years. It wasn't just me those 20 years. There was actually something going on. And someone with a medical degree was finally able to give me the label that I needed. Uh -huh. um, and so with you now, you're able to know how you're going to move forward. And yes, there may not be an end-all be-all cure, but at least you now know how to move forward. So when you finally did get the diagnosis, how was that? How was that? Like you said, like you were excited, but how else did you, did you feel like a big weight lifted off of you? Did you feel some type of relief during, and then after that doctor's visit, once you finally got the diagnosis? I felt so good. I felt like I gained a new life. Mm -hmm. I, Dramatica, so you know, dramatica, but it's just that I felt so good. I was like, finally, I'm able to know what I have in order for me to find out what can I do because that was the whole thing. I just wanted to know, okay, if I know what I have, I can find out, okay, what is it that I have to do to get better and to continue with my goals because I have uh, so many goals in life. So exactly. finally, when he told me, I felt very uh, 
very, very good. And I started changing my life even more. I said, okay, if I'm getting another opportunity, knowing what I have, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to change my lifestyle. I'm going to pursue anything that I'm passionate about. I'm going to pursue it no matter what, because when you're in the, like when you're close to thinking, even if it's dramatic, but as the, you're thinking that you may are not going to like last, that you're going to pass away, yeah. you know, you start thinking that way. Um, when you are told, Hey, no, this is what you have, what you can do to live longer. Your life changes. At least for me, it changed my life. I was like, okay, no, I'm going to take every single opportunity that I have and enjoy every second that I have in my life to do everything I love with my family, with the job that I like, with whatever hobbies I like. Um, so I started changing my life in a positive way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that I want to actually say something very important. The first thing I started thinking besides a uh, better lifestyle regarding to exercise was stress. Mm -hmm. So stress is a big factor in most of these autoimmune disorders. And I will dare to say, I think all of them. Um, yes. You have to make sure that you manage stress. And that's what I did. I started pursuing the career that I wanted because when you're doing something that you don't, you're not into, because I know all of us need a job to pay our bills, but when you do something that you love, it's no longer completely about that. Mm -hmm. It's also about you're enjoying what you're doing and you enjoy the people that are surrounding you and you get excited and curious. So I, I decided I am going to start doing that. I'm going to start pursuing the career that I feel like I want. Um, I started kind of thinking also in my home, what stresses me out that has a solution that I don't need to be stressed out about. Like, mm -hmm. you know, for me, I love, I don't like dishes in the sink. I, I don't. feel that. I don't. <laughs> I them. Yes. Like I can't, but I remember I used to be like always fighting, like, why are you leaving dishes on the sink? Why are you leaving dishes? And I remember that day when, or those days when I was actually changing and getting and kind of changing my life, I looked at, I remember there was a dish there. And I was like, you know what? If I'm not here tomorrow, that dish is still going to be there. So why am I complaining? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I, I thought either I wash it or I leave it there and they wash it. And I just continue on with my life. Like <laughs> those little things, I know that's small, but it really helped me to not stress out about little things that don't make sense. And then I started progressing with work. I was like, you know, I want to be part of this. And if I wanted to be part of something and I wasn't able to be part of it at that moment, instead of stressing, I just started thinking, you know what? It's okay. You know, that, that means that I still need to prepare more to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And I just moved on with everything else that I was doing. And you know what? A few weeks later, a few months later, they're always calling me, Hey, you know what? I want you to be part of this. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So things do happen. Stress um, is a big thing. I recommend everyone to actually start looking at your life in your professional career and in your home and start kind of cutting down those stresses that don't make sense. If you have a solution, get rid of it. I love that you bring this up because I just finished giving a, a workshop on acknowledging burnout, which a lot of it has to do with stress, uh, major fact, but it's all different types of stress. It's you're stressing your professional life. It's stressing your personal life. It's stress with even within your self-care routine right because like if you didn't get it done if i didn't do my mantras today or my affirmation mm -hmm. like, shit's gonna go haywire i already yeah. know right um but it's great that you were able to come back take the time to rest take the time to breathe and be like 
you pause, you pause and you became very self-aware of este plato. Si uh -huh. me mañana, it's whether or not I'm here or not here, it's still going to be there. And what am I going to get out of my life to stress out about? What, what is, what is the gain of me stressing out of this? Nothing. It's I'm going to have a flare up. Uh -huh. I'm not going to be able to get out of bed. It's going to take me longer to recoup from the flare up. So what am I really stressed out about? And so it's kind of almost taking back what I was talking about in the workshop today was stop putting those expectations on yourself. What, and these are internal expectations sometimes that we're brought up with, like the dirty dishes or your hamper can only be half full because if not, what are you doing? Uh -huh. Or not making the bed right before you get up. Um, that's a shout out to my mom with her OCD. <laughs> but I tell her like, mama, it nothing is going to happen. It is okay. And the fact that I love that for you, that you were able to be very self-aware and realize I'm not going to let this hinder my progress. I'm not going to let this hinder my happiness and I'm not going to let this hinder my stress level. I have control over my stress level. Y esto no va a ser uno de los puntos. That's amazing. It takes people a long time to get there. And so I'm really happy you were able to get there. Yeah, sometimes it takes a major impact in your life um, mm -hmm. to be able to realize that. I wish that more people will be able to come to that realization before an impact. But um, hey, I take it. I'll take it anytime uh, because mm -hmm. it has really changed my life. Yeah, well, I'm yes, we're reiterating it and we're just making it very clear. Please do not stress out on the dirty dishes or the laundry or your bed not made because it is not worth the flare ups and the recovery time. True. So now talking about that, um, for your approach, because we've had right different diagnoses come in, you know, some women do take a medicational route, some women take a holistic approach, and then some of our folks here take an in-between. What does your journey look like for you with, with your syndrome? Um, I have taken actually a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Medication for me, I think uh, I have considered only whenever I feel like it's uh, there is no more, like the holistic approach is not helping me anymore. Mm -hmm. But it's been a great experience um, changing my diet because before when I would talk to doctors before my diagnosis and they would say, hey, you know, if you maybe it's your weight. It wasn't completely my weight. And at that time, I would get furious that they would say that. But then after learning, yeah, it's, it's, you know, everybody will say the same thing. However, when I started kind of changing my lifestyle, it's not that that's the only thing that's going to help you. Because even if you um, lose the weight to be more healthier, um, you're still going to have sugar and syndrome no matter what. But um, it did help. And I started kind of realizing what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. And is that it's not about uh, being skinny or being big or being tall or short. It's not about that. It's about being healthier and eating the right foods. You can mm -hmm. still eat what you you enjoy, but uh, in little quantities. And I've never saw that um, as a way of life until I started doing it myself. Mm -hmm. And so I changed my my eating habits. I lost a lot of weight, and it has helped a lot. I still get flares, but it's uh less than before way less than before so that kind of shocked me i was like whoa okay that's a learning lesson for me i was upset when they would tell me that but i i, I understand now yeah. um but i think that's also there that's something that the medical industry has to work on is don't automatically tell me to lose weight because that's not it's never it's like 99.9 percent .9 of the time that's not the end all be all mm -hmm. and if you're coming to me like 
from a BMI perspective, I'm never going to be where you want me to be. But if you're telling me this is going to decrease my flare ups or this enhances your flare ups, then it makes sense to me. Right. So like, for example, with me during certain parts of the month, I just can't have a, um, I can't, it's not really healthy for me to have acidic food. So limon, oranges, just because of the acidity affects my, my body. So I know in one week I can't have it. And then they want me to supplement it more with omega-3. So more fish based instead of red meat. Okay. All this makes sense to me because of the minerals, the nutrients, and um, the vitamins that I'm getting, that I'm receiving and that I'm intaking. But for you to just be like, lose weight, it's not like, that's not okay. And so I'm glad you were able to step back and see that for yourself. But a lot of people, cause I'm with you. Like I always walk in and rate, like sometimes I'll even tell them don't, I'm not here to, to get weighed. We are yeah. here to see what the progress is. We are not here to see whether I lost weight or not. So I will not be stepping on the scale. And you do have that, right? True. No, you're absolutely right. That's one of the things that, that will upset me the most that it was only, Hey, you have to lose weight. And it was never like, well, losing weight is going to help you. However, you know, these are the effects that you will also have. Or, you know, even if you lose weight, you will still have your issue. No, mm -hmm. it was just always like lose weight. So that was, was very upsetting. But uh, I am glad for my doctor, uh, the rheumatologist, who actually found out that I had sugar and syndrome. And he was able to actually finally tell me, um, I guess it's what I wanted to hear, but I never told him what I wanted to hear. So I'm glad that he actually told, you know, said that to me. He said, hey, if you uh, help yourself with your weight, with your vitamins, if you help um, with reducing stress, this is going to help you a lot in your life, but you're still going to have sugar syndrome. I was like, wow, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. You know, that that is the it was truth. A realist answer. It was the truthful answer. Like it will help you. However, it's not going to get rid of everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't think doctors explain it enough. It's lose no. weight, you'll get better. And that's not the approach at all, because that's just setting all of us to fail. Um, okay, so other than your um, dietary restrictions and or intake, what else What else is more of your holistic approach? The holistic approach also is um, I take a lot of walks. Um, mm -hmm. That has helped me tremendously, not only to relax my body and my mind, to exercise as well. That has helped a lot, a lot of relaxation. And because I meditation, some people do it, and I admire that. I'm not very good at meditating, but... I find uh, walking to be uh, like a meditating, uh, like a, a sort of meditation. I was going to say, that sounds like another just form of meditation. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clear my mind. I'm like, no, I have too many things. But um, did, I did that. I also took the approach of um, my taking a, a job that I will work from home that is remote, uh, remote work. That does help a lot because if at any time, because, you know, when you have a, uh, an autoimmune disorder, you do need to rest sometimes. So if at any time I feel with low energy, then I'm able to take a 15, 20-minute nap, relax, rest, and then come back. And once I do that, I'm able to, uh, to kind of feel energized again and continue my work. So that helped tremendously as well. And also spend, spend time with my family or with those that you love. That actually helps a lot because you stop thinking about your health and you start thinking of other things, you know, um, whatever uh, you want to do with them, like go out. I, I usually go out with my nieces or go out with my mom and just really take my mind away from what's going on if I'm not feeling well. 
uh, I think that I do highly recommend that to people is to actually do uh, not only spend time with your family, uh, also have a hobby. Mm. Have a hobby. That's very that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. As as you know, you have your nine to five in addition to having the Latinas in five year security and all the other projects that you're working on with your thesis and uh, being the scholar. How do you like like you were saying, you find a hobby. How do you find the time or manage the time to throw that in there? Uh, I'm all over the place. Like, 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 that sounds great. But... <laughs> I'm all over the place. Um, I usually, I'm one of those who like gets excited about a, a hobby. I do it for like three months and then I'm like, okay, I know. Now I'm going to do something else now. So okay. but I do find the time. Sometimes I do it in the weekends or I do it um, after, like in the pockets of time, maybe like today, for example, it's not a day that I do homework. I usually always take one day of the week to not even touch school so that I can, I can relax because that is overwhelming as well. It's a lot of work. So that the time that I will use to study that day, like an hour or two, I will actually do um, just a hobby. I either paint acrylic. Um, I'm not a painter, it's, but it's, you know, I just do it for fun. Um, yeah. I'll go for, um, I'll go to the, you know what? I love going to the mall the mall and looking at things <laughs> window shopping uh that kind of relaxes me and it, it's exciting to actually see things that i want but i'm not gonna get <laughs> not because i can't i can't but because it's like i'm not gonna spend money on that but um i just love uh, that window. also sounds like you got your budget on point yes like some yes. Of i try to avoid certain stores at all costs because i'm like i cannot restrain myself so the fact that you can Kudos to you, girl. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I can't. I cannot. I, sometimes I want something so bad, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not gonna do it. But that's because I've always been actually controlling uh, my savings and my budget. But that's another thing, actually. Now that you mentioned that, um, I know that it's everybody's financial situation is different, mm -hmm. and we have all had struggles. That's one of the things that the, one of the first things together with my exercise and my food was that I started getting my financials straight, everything to the point and. Luckily, I was able to do it to the point. It took me a while, but to the point that there was no uh, debt, right? Mm. Uh, you know, you'll still have the, the debt of the car and the mortgage and stuff like that. But I made sure that everything was clear so I didn't have to be stressed about because we all know that besides work or family, the biggest stressor is money. Money mm. ruins your life. So yeah. um, I made sure that that was uh, one of the things that I did. Once I cleared that up, Believe it or not, I felt so much relaxed that I didn't have to think of like, oh my God, I have this big payment and how am I going to pay these cards? Um, but like, I'll just tell everyone, I know it's different for everyone. It takes a very, very long time to to get to the point where you don't even have any any card debt or anything like that. But it will help you tremendously if you're able, if you're able to do it. Yeah, that's, a, a, that's funny because I was thinking about, I'm already thinking about the other seasons that are going to take place. Um, and that might be a good thing. Uh, season four, I kind of already have fine-tuned of how I would like it to be. But season five, like literally talking about the money stressors and how that impacts your life and whether you want to believe it or not daily, right? Like there are certain things that you're just like, oh no, I can't do, or you restrict or you indulge too much because you're like, I'm already in the red. I'm going to go YOLO anyway. Um, and so that might be something really good to bring up, like how to be able to manage stress when, you know, when being able to 
confront finances because just confronting them alone is scary. Um, oh, I know. I, yeah. Every time I did, like I do the monthly budget and every time I'm like, girl, like, <laughs> who are you playing? Oh yeah. Um, but it ends up always like, I'm like, like, I don't give myself enough credit. Like you did a great job or you only went over like 50 bucks. This month. Like, oh, that's a win. Um, You didn't go over how you used to back in the day. So yeah, that's a really interesting topic. And I would love to deep dive into that because I honestly, money has always been my number one stressor. It hasn't even been family for me. Um, but I guess maybe because I don't have children or a partner on that level, if I did, it probably would be like that, but no money's always been my number one stressor. And, and yep. that's like a very good point. If, if you kind of have a plan, I'm not even saying be debt free, but if you have a plan on how to manage your money and have a budget on where your money's going to go, it can definitely bring down your stress a lot. That's what I know. That's what keeps my, um, money scarcity at bay is like being able to have the budget, look at it, review it, change it, edit it if I need to, and not feel ashamed about it. Um, if I do go over a few bucks. Mm -hmm. So that's great. I love these tip, tips and tricks. But you see that now, right? Again, you have your corporate job, you are in school now getting your doctorate's degree, you have the co-founding of Latinas in Cybersecurity, in addition to your hobbies, in addition to the walks and the naps, there has to be a time, obviously, as, as you know, with um, the autoimmune disease that there was a challenge that came up and you couldn't, you either couldn't hack it or it just wasn't part of you. We on the episode don't like the, we don't like to call that failures. We like to call those reframes. So where was a point in your journey or your experience where you did have a quote unquote fail let's say it wasn't able to meet with a client you didn't get to that deadline whether it's at school or your professional job um what was that like for you how did that feel and how are you able to reframe it from this isn't a fail this is an experience and this is what i've learned and this is what i'm going to take forward with me uh, yeah i mean i could think of a particular situation uh before my current position that i have now um I remember that I was so sick and I didn't know yet that I had Sjogren's syndrome. Um, I was so sick that I couldn't really work for a while. I was bedridden. I was, it was, I, I'm not a person that gets depressive at all. I, if I'm depressed, I'll let it, I'm like, oh, you're going to be depressed. You're going to be depressed for 10 minutes and then you're going to come back and do, I don't like, I don't let myself be uh, um, depressed for long. However, for some reason, I was just so sick that I got depressed. I didn't know how I was going to come back. And I felt like, uh, you know, like I was like a failure. I know that's not the word, but right. I felt like because um, I've always been everything in my life besides my family is my work. I love working. I, I, don't, I don't think I can ever stop. And I felt like I failed uh, my team and I had failure. And they will always be so positive with me. Like, hey, Lucila, it's okay. You know, you should take your time off. And they will give me the time off. However, I, st I still felt like I, I wasn't helping anyone because I was in bed and I wasn't uh, uh, recuperating. And that was a hard uh, thing for me. And since then, after I started changing my life, I never, I, I told myself I never want to go through that again. And in order for me to never go through, Go, go back through, through that kind of situation, I need to change my life. I mm -hmm. need to get better um, because I never want to have to fail anyone. And that's actually my biggest fear. 
And that's why I worked so much on it. And finally, I was able to get into a place that um, I was able to get back to, to work. And then um, after that, um, you know, my coworkers were, you know, great with me at that time. They were very understanding. But I had failed multiple times, actually, through the years. Not only that job, jobs previously to that, because I just didn't know what I had. So I didn't know how to control it. I hadn't changed my diet yet. I hadn't changed my lifestyle. So it was more like I had a flare, and the flare will last three months, so I have to be leave of absence. And the mm -hmm. flare will last six months, so I will have to go to work but be sick. And, you know, even you have, like, the, the ambulance go in and get me. And I was just like, this is so embarrassing. I don't know what's going on. But I changed my life. Uh, and I started getting better. Now, the last time that I ever had this issue, I remember that um, I was working in Latinas in Cyber and I got uh, very sick as well. And I was already kind of, I already knew what I had. I was changing my lifestyle, I was getting better. And I needed some time to get back on my feet mm -hmm. in regards to health. And that's when I learned communication. Mm. Before that, I was, I learned how to like take care of myself, the exercise, the diet, like I have mentioned. However, I still hadn't had the communication part down uh, to the T that I have it now. So I just said, hey, you know, I need some time away. Uh, you know, uh, they knew that I was gonna be away and then I was away for a while and then I came back. And one thing that I learned at that time is you need to learn how to communicate with people. If you're mm -hmm. not feeling well and you need some time off, you're gonna have to state it clearly. Hey, I am not feeling well, I am going to be out three to four weeks, you know, you have, I have to be completely transparent with them. So they understand what's going on. Because if I just say, Hey, I don't feel well, I can do this. Um, I don't know when I'm going to be back. Like, then they don't understand what's going on. They don't know what you have. They, and you, people that know you, they know who you are, but people that don't may start thinking of you as a, uh, this person is not reliable. Mm -hmm. This person is not gonna be able to do the job. So in order for, and, and you, they cannot help it. You cannot help people thinking that. So the right. best it is communicating communicate with the with uh with your team communicate with your friends with your family members tell them exactly what's happening and how long you're going to be gone so after uh, after i started learning communication and how to get this in place and how to get myself back on track perfectly to the point that now i haven't had an incident in so long a flare um i have small flares one day mm -hmm. a few hours maybe two but it's not that bad and i'm so thankful for that but that is because of everything i've learned Mm -hmm. including communication i think to me what i've also heard with your ex with with your experiences is learning how to have compassion for yourself because in the beginning it sounded like oh i felt like a failure to myself to my team even though they knew i had an autoimmune disease i still felt like a failure and then at this point it has nothing to do with you it's your body and that's just the way it is and you have to learn how to manage it and you know you you it's highs and lows highs and lows it's consistent highs and lows but not during that time off when you were learning how to communicate it also sounded like you were able to be compassionate with yourself and learn to tell yourself it's okay to let people in it's okay to let them know I might be gone this amount of time. It's okay for me to not be at my best all the time. It's okay for me to not mask, be transparent and let them know, hey, I'm human, I'll be back. However, I do need this time to be able to be back. Mm -hmm. 
That's true. Yeah. And you know, uh, during that time, and now that you mentioned that, that's when I also learned that um, you cannot be so harsh on yourself. Like everything that you said is just the same thing as that. And that is something that I actually took to um, Latinas in Cyber when I do, when I help out the, uh, the individuals who want to be in, um, enter into cybersecurity and they want to have a career in cybersecurity. I always have a section that I talk to them about, don't be so harsh on yourself. Mm. And it's exactly how you communicated it earlier, which is that you need to understand that sometimes um, there are, you're going to have obstacles. Mm -hmm. You're going to have flares if it's in your health, uh, it's, a, it's a health situation or if it's work, you're going to have an obstacle on getting that job. But mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. You just have to work harder in order to get there. So definitely. Yeah. Definitely yeah. And learn that and learn that your pace is your pace. Don't be comparing or competing me with you or mm -hmm. other Latinas in cybersecurity within that community, within that network. We mm -hmm. all have different deliverables. We all have different skills. We all have different capabilities because each of us has a different work and home balance. So your pace is okay. There is there is no, and I feel like that's kind of what, what we're trying to break with society. Like there is no rat race to mm -hmm. completion. It's just your pace and your time and how your body and your mind are able to get you there. And like yeah. you were saying, it may be a little more challenging for me. There might be a little more obstacles because you right two two weeks out of the month, two weeks out of four, I'm not at my best. So yeah. I can't perform at my best, but I can't be upset with myself because that's just the way my body is. And so the self-acceptance, the not being so harsh on yourself, the self-compassion, I feel once you're able to accept all that, it almost gets you there faster because you're not sitting there like, why me? Like, why am I having a hard time? Why is Felicita able to get this in the first shot? Like, why is she not like I'm behind on schoolwork? Why is she not behind? Why is why is she ahead of the curve and not like you don't have time for that because yeah. your body is different and my body is different. And once I can accept that, it's almost like, oh. I'm moving a lot faster because I know how I need to function for myself. And Felicita knows how she needs to function for herself. Even okay. though we're in the same program, we're both going to complete it, but different times because different bodies and different personalities need different things. That's true. And as, as soon as people realize this, you're going to have a better time with yourself and with your accomplishments. Because mm. exactly what you said happens. I to love that. Oh, no, yeah, like before, I remember that I used to be like the same way. Oh, how is she getting, how is she doing so much better than me if she started uh, after me? Or how can she, this person, do, you know, get this position if I've been studying longer? And once that was out of the door and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to be happy for everyone. And if I can, and I build a relationship with that person that I'm admiring right now, then I'll just learn from them and we'll work together. And that's what I've done since then. Like, Every woman, every man that tells me, hey, I've done this. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so happy for you. Hey, I've been wanting to do that. And now they tell me that as well. Like, hey, you know, I want to do that as well, Felicia, you know. So as long as you see it as a positive and instead of, because it's a human reaction that you feel a little bit hurt. Like, ah, I can't believe this yeah. person got it. Turn it into a positive action. Let me cheer them up. Mm -hmm. Let me be excited for them. And let me learn from that. Yeah. That's the best way. You're going to feel so much happier because you're bringing light into your life. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And just to add to that, right, we're just adding at this point to this conversation, but adding on to that, not like when you ask them for help, now you don't have to go through all of the mistakes that they made and you're probably avoiding certain mistakes 
or which mistakes equal time. So now because they're they've been able to pave the road, let's say it's a little easier for you because it might not be a smooth concrete road, but it's still a road, whether it's a dirt road or concrete road, like it's still going to be there. So there and I feel like nine times out of 10, people are more willing than not to help you out. Like, yep. oh, my God, this is what I was thinking of, too. Or like, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm also taking this course. Great. Let's set up a study group. Great. Let's do this. And so that's how your community grows and your network grows and opportunity then in the future grows for you because yeah. study groups ends up being accelerator groups, which end up all getting hired. And, you know, if Fulanito got hired at such and such, then he can get him like she can get mm -hmm. her. In, right. And vice versa. So it's just all a win-win scenario. And I think you're absolutely right. Like as soon as you're able to accept the capabilities, like use everyone else's strong points to your advantage. Exactly. I love, I yeah, help each other out. And one thing that I will always say is make sure because yes, there is a few negative people around. You always mm -hmm. gonna have it's always gonna happen. I don't think it's most people, I just think it's a few people. Mm -hmm. People have to learn. I learned this and I wish that everyone learns it is just walk away. If there is a person who is too negative that you can even tell and you feel it like this person is either envious of you or they just don't want you to succeed or they don't even care about you. They just want to talk negativity. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be, you don't have to bring back negativity to them. It's just like walk away. Hey, it was nice meeting you. I have a call or I have to go real quick. Yeah. I always do that. Every time that I see someone that it's been, you know, hateful or um, they're kind of like uh, thinking that they're better and they're trying to make me small. I'm always like, oh, it was nice talking to you. I, I really have a call. I have to go. I always do that in order for me to get out of that situation and not come back to it. Because if you stay there and then you start like then getting in the same level as them, then are you better? No, you're not better. Now you're just getting in the same the same level as that person and being negative as well. That's true. So now now you're engulfing in that negative energy, probably that scarcity that they have, that fear that they have. So yeah, like the sooner you can walk away from it, the better. I love it. Yeah. And it's not saying it's not saying that you have to um not uh defend yourself. In the situations that you have to defend yourself is a it's a different uh, it's a different right. thing. Talking about when you have to defend yourself, it's just that you're having an argument or a conversation with someone and then you have a point and they have a point that's different. That's not being negative. And that person is not being negative. You just don't agree. So you're trying to get into a resolution. That is a different thing than having someone negative telling you things. That's totally another way. Yes. Yes. I agree. We're here for standing up, but we're not here for las malas vibras. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, so we had talked about community, being transparent, being communicative. How was it when you finally let your community and your network know about your autoimmune disease once you were able to find out? Were they embracive? Were they supportive? Were they a little apprehensive? Were they kind of like, I don't understand what's happening? Um, yeah, walk us through that. I, you know, I saw a big change because before when I didn't know what I had, either, you know, like people that were close to me, friends, community, the community itself, they will think like, oh, maybe she's just being lazy or she's always complaining or she's just whining because she doesn't feel well. And I don't blame them because they don't know what you have. So, and, and if you're most of the time like, hey, I need to go take a break or I need to go take a nap in my car, obviously people are going to think, they like, what is wrong with her, you know? But um, once I, I finally found out and I told those close ones to me like, hey, this is what's happening. Actually, after all this time, it's Sjogren's syndrome. And I explained it to them. 
they actually felt pretty bad and they were like oh my god i'm so sorry we you know everything that we said i can't believe it a lot of people told me similar things and i said you know it's okay i don't blame you but now your job is to educate yourself on this and understand mm -hmm. that if other people come to you and they are not feeling well it's not that they um want to be lazy or they're whining it's just that they're not feeling well <laughs> and you need yeah. to understand them and actually have a place for them to at least sit down and relax and so most of the people that i know that were with me before and now after have completely changed their ways they never questioned me and i don't even see them question other people uh mm -hmm. that have a situation it has changed tremendously and i think it's because of that there is a lack of education uh around having an autoimmune disorder or uh, an illness and mm -hmm. I understand a lot of people are going to assume things, but if you educate them, I think that that's going to actually change their perspective. But also never, as a person who has the illness, you don't stress about those people kind of like thinking differently of you. They just don't know. It's not their fault. It doesn't mean they're bad people. They just don't understand it. That's actually a very good point because I know when I had told my my dad about my condition, he was supportive, but he didn't understand what was happening. Um, I think up to this day, he doesn't understand what's happening. Um, but like, I'll tell him like, oh, this week is not my feel good well week. Um, and so he already knows that my energy level is going to be down. My emotional state is going to be high. Um, I will have wrath one second and then like love bombing the next. Uh, so he knows that. Right. And, and, and I love the fact that you said, you know, sometimes like sometimes you have to put it on them and be like, now it's your turn to get a little bit more educated because I, as the sick person, don't want to be talking about this all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be repeating myself all the time, especially with your close. And I'm talking about your close knit community. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to remind my dad all the time. Like, this is what PMDD is. We've been through this. Um, this is month eight now that we know I have this. I don't need to tell you about this. Uh, so I think that's a really, really great point is like, even though he didn't understand, he was supportive, but now this can be his chance to educate himself a little more because I don't want to be educating all the time. Because like, as you were saying, mm -hmm. when you're with your families and your loved ones, like you get... Um, it's almost like you forget you forget about what you have, right? I mean, you know it's still there, but they bring a different type of of like sazon into your life. So you don't always want to be thinking about it. So I don't always want to be talking about it, especially if I have to remind you all the time. So I like the fact that you brought in an educational type of spin to it. Mm -hmm. Because I think I'm gonna have to sit him down with like a book and be like, I need you to read this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then give me a synopsis of what you just read, my good sir. <laughs> and then there's some, and then there's just some people that you they're not going to understand or they're not willing to understand. Yep. And that's not your that's neither here nor there it's just now it's out in the open and so they know that they can no longer like you were saying like why are you being so lazy why do you gotta go take a nap um, why are you escaping your car like they can't say that anymore um because they know that there's a disease now whether or not they want to educate themselves more and support you more on that that's up to them but you've already done your job and you've completed your task yeah yeah and, and that's that's part of the healing process that i believe also helped me that i did is once everyone kind of knew, I mean, what once everyone knew, actually, I felt like I was finally able to heal by not talking about it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back. 
and they knew already. I don't have to explain it or anything like that. And that has brought so much peace to myself and to them as well, to the people that surround me, because I don't, I don't longer have to talk about it. I don't longer have to tell them, I don't know what's going on with me. I feel like I'm going to die, you know, dramatic. Finally, yeah. I don't have to do, I haven't done that in so long. That's awesome. Of just, that's it. They already know. I don't have to tell anyone. And the only time that I speak about it is if someone invites me to do, you know, to talk about Sjogren's Syndrome or if I want a Sjogren's Syndrome month and stuff like that, then right. I'll talk about it. But I don't have to anymore. And I'm so happy about it because it, it has helped me tremendously as well to not think about it as much. Whenever I have a flare, I'm like, oh my God, okay. I guess it will go away. I'll, I'll write it until it goes away. And that's what I do. I lay yeah. in my bed, get all my sheets, get my sweaters that I have to get in, put some TV and like a comedy because that will, something yeah. that makes that is actually very good for your flares. Put a comedy and I just start laughing and, until it goes away. And then I'm like, okay, I'm better now. That's the best way is to stop talking about it because they will get annoyed too. And I understand, you know, yeah. they will get annoyed if I kept talking about it. So I'm happy. And that is a, um, a great way to, to heal yourself. That's awesome. I love that for you. Um, we are coming up to closing. What are some of the resources that you can give our viewers and listeners to study up, do a little bit more research on the syn uh, Schrom's syndrome, is it? Um, I, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. And whether that's podcasts that you follow, websites, books that you've read uh, to manage that condition. Um, one of the things that I would recommend for people doing is going to the Sjogren Foundation. If you go to Google and you write the, the Sjogren Foundation, you will see the page there and they have a lot of resources for you to read in regards to what is Sjogren, what are people suffering from, what are they doing to get better. There is a marathon as well that people run for Sjogren Syndrome. Um, and it's not only Sjogren Syndrome, I recommend people to actually look at autoimmune disorders. Because, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of them have similar uh, um, side effects or uh, flares and stuff like that. And um, you want to make sure that um, if you know that about one, you kind of already educating yourself from the others, even if they're different. Um, mm -hmm. For books, not necessarily a book on Sjogren, because if you already research on what Sjogren is, I think that the books that people should read, I don't have in the top of my head titles, but it should be about uh, managing stress. Mm. about okay. time management time management is super important how to manage your time because you need to manage your time what are you going to do with your family what are you going to do at work and you need to manage nap time relax time it is i have nap time every day i manage it is 10 minutes some of them are five minutes some of them are 20 minutes you have to have it throughout the day so you can get your energy because people with autoimmune disorder most of us not a lot of us but i mean most of us not everyone but um, do suffer from lack of energy. Mm -hmm. um, so I suggest that read about vitamins. And this is mostly for people that actually do have um, autoimmune disorders because vitamins do help. And I think you have mentioned that earlier. Um, vitamin D, um, uh, omega-3s, that can also help you get uh, some of the energy back when you have a flare. So I've been doing that as well. If you educate yourself, you are going to understand your Ill illness a little bit better, but also for those that don't have it, you're going to understand those around you that have that illness. And trust me, people that have this illness, we don't mean to be whiny. We don't mean to be mm -hmm. uh, um, stressing anyone out, but it's a very difficult thing to manage. And once we have managed it, no matter what, we're going to still live with this forever. Even if mm -hmm. flares are reduced, we're still going to have flares for a very long time. So mm -hmm. 
just have that in mind. And that's why it's important for you to like, educate yourself. I think that's a very, very great point um, is the whole education part. And it and it's, again, leading up to the more educated, educated you are, the more compassion you can have for someone that's in your family and or your community who has this condition. But that's why I also wanted to have you on the podcast was just to bring the awareness, because if it's not you, it's probably someone in your family. And if it's not someone in your family, then it's someone in your circle. Because, you know, I might not know anyone with Crohn's disease in my media family, but maybe my niece has it. Now that you're talking about the conditions, I'm like, hmm, does my niece have this? Does uh -huh. my prima have this? Is this why she acts this way? Or is this why she's, you know, maybe always resting and not being lazy? Um, so being aware and then that way you can help out that person because they might not even know that they have this condition. They might not even have the vocabulary for it. The person who helped me was a friend of mine who had me kind of write down my symptoms in a calendar and then my therapist being like, oh, you have such and such thing because of this notebook that you were taking notes on with your body changing and you feeling highs at a certain time of the month, lows at a certain time of the month. So the fact that, you know, it took a team to get this done, but now I can help other women that are in my circle that are not in my circle just because of the fact that I'm aware now. And so the fact that now we're aware of Schroen's disease it could be someone, not you specifically, but it could be someone in your family and you don't even know that they don't have the language. Sure. Um, so that's why I just think exposure and awareness and education is a great thing. Felicita, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast, for being able to talk your journey, your experiences, how you are managing everything. Shout out to our nap times um, as well. <laughs> My it was funny because my girlfriend Ilona one time when I had met her a few years ago and she had talked about nap time and I I was just coming out of corporate America and I was like nap time do you know what I could do within those twenty minutes are you kidding me like never I, I remember like girl like you crazy and now that I am out of corporate America and like doing the entre entrepreneurial journey like how, how did I survive without naps um so shout out oh, to our naps very because important they, yes they are important. Um, how can our listeners and our viewers keep up with you, follow you? What is, or first let us know what's the newest thing that you're working on. Um, and then the release date, and then let us know how we can keep up with you on the social medias. Yes. So, um, I am working on something very interesting, uh, with Latinas in Cyber. Um, just be on the lookout on my LinkedIn page. You can find me, Felicita Sandoval. Um, we are soon to post some really cool news. So I don't want to really give it up here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also, um, you can also find me on Instagram, the AI researcher. Um, I usually post educational um, posts about cybersecurity, about AI, GRC, um, and all that fun stuff. And you can, uh, one thing that I wanted to leave with is that um, for those that are uh, suffering from autoimmune disorders, from Shogun syndrome, uh, and you're kind of questioning your life in the sense of, am I able to reach my goals? Uh, I might have to like uh, take a step back and um, am I going to stay like this forever? And the answer is no. You have to be positive. Connect with people like me, like Giovanna, that, are, that have gone through this and are going through this. You are going to be able to move forward. You are going to be able to accomplish your dreams. Do not stop accomplishing what you want to do just because you have this disorder. 
I know that a lot of the times we get depressed and we never, you know, we mm-hmm. think that that's it. We're going to stay in that hole. That's not true. So please do follow up with us. Um, like I said, my LinkedIn, my Instagram, and feel free to reach out as well. Yeah. I love, I love that closing statement because it is true. You be, you get into a depressive state and that, that hole just keeps on getting darker and darker and darker. And the fact that you are willing to have folks reach out to you and I as well, uh, that please do not take that for granted. Um, sometimes is it's the network and your community that will help you get through whether it's the next day, the next hour, the next few months, um, you don't have to go through the journey alone. It's a very lonely journey. So if you are able to have a support system, Felicita, thank you for reminding our listeners that they can reach out to you or myself um, because because we know this long road. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. Well, again, Felicita, thank you so much for being on here. We are so excited that you were able to drop some gems to our listeners as well as viewers. For all of those who are listening, thank you so much for joining. Um, If you are able to give us a review, Cinco Estrellas, por favor, on Spotify and or YouTube, we would greatly appreciate it. If you want to get a hold of us and join our community, we have one on Facebook, which is Making Music Moves, as well as on Instagram. And if you have any questions, please feel free to send them our way to makingmusicmoves at gmail.com. Gracias once again, and I will catch you on the next episodio. Abrazos, besos y cariño familia. Until next time. Ciao.